So I am 17 years old, and Steve Rupenthal is 16, and I'm living in Indiana. And Steve Rupenthal calls me and says, I got a canoe. Let's go canoeing at Eagle Creek Reservoir. And I said to myself, that's not a good idea. That's an hour and 15 minutes away. My parents didn't tell me I couldn't do that. But they also, it wasn't like on their approved list. You know how there's things your parents, you know, are wrong. But they didn't tell me I couldn't do it. So I kind of justify this. You know, I like the water. So Steve and I go canoeing. I don't know why they call it Eagle Creek because it's a river. And I nearly drowned. Steve and I are in the canoe. We turn the canoe over. And the current pulls me to the bottom of the river. It felt like, you know, 30 seconds. It was probably five seconds. But for five seconds, I'm in the grip of this current, and I cannot move. And I can remember thinking at the bottom of this river, I'm going to drown. My parents don't know where I am, and they're going to be really ticked. (laughs) And they watch the app now. They download the sermon. They probably don't know the story. Sorry, Mom and Dad, you're you're finding out from the sermon. But I I remember how, how foolish that decision was that I made. Uh, A month ago, um, a couple guys and myself and Ethan were out fishing 20 miles out in the Gulf of Mexico. We've had a great day of fishing. We've got grunts, we've got grouper, we've got hogfish. Great day of fishing. End of the day, uh, two dolphins just pop up right by the boat. And Ethan says, I'm going in. And like monkey see, monkey do, I say, I'm going in. And so both of us jump in the water and we're holding on to lines. The current is just ripping. And these dolphins are just playing with us for 12 minutes. We got great pictures. Um, they come within, they came within like two feet thinking we had bait. We don't have bait. We're not feeding them. And they just then kind of swam away. But after about 10 minutes out there in that water with the current ripping, I have no life jacket on. I'm in 70 feet of water. Um, I'm holding on to a line, and if the line breaks, four hours later, I'm going to be in Brownsville, Texas, you know. And and I got to thinking about this. This probably wasn't, um, the chairman of our elders is in here, sorry about this story. You're you're like my parents, you're finding these stories out the hard way. Um, I, I thought, this probably isn't a real wise decision, right? Now, now all of us in the room can tell our own stories, whether you're in high school or whether you're middle-aged or whether you're older or younger, everybody in the room can go, I've made some really good decisions and I've made some really bad decisions. I've made some decisions that were okay-wise and I've made some decisions that were probably not as carefully thought through as they should have been. We all share that in common. My, my goal today is to show us from Scripture how we can do two great things. One of these is how we can increase our wisdom and how we can decrease our foolishness. So what are we going to do today? We're going to increase our wisdom and we're going to what? Decrease our foolishness. Now, There are people that are just foolish, absolutely. They wake up, they make a foolish decision after foolish decision. All day long, there are people, but it's not you. Because if it was you, you wouldn't have come to church this morning. So you've already made one really good decision. And if you've brushed your teeth, you've made two really good decisions. (laughs) But you've already made a very good decision because you care about your soul. And you care about your spirit. And you care about your church. And you care about community. So, So you're not foolish, 
However, I bet you continue to make some foolish decisions. And I bet if you were honest, you would say there are areas of my life where I need to decrease my foolishness. Now, I want to I share with you an observation that I've made. It's not in the Bible, but I think it'll apply to us. And so you can disagree with this, but I, I, I want you to think about this observation. You are good at something. You are probably very good at several things. In fact, you probably have a lot of skill in a lot of different areas. And because you've gotten good in this area, you have increased in wisdom in that area, and you're increasing, 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 increasing in wisdom in that area. But there are other areas of your life that if you were honest, you would say, I'm not really working on those areas. I'm probably just as foolish today as I was 10 years ago in that area. You've not decreased your foolishness, even though you have increased your wisdom. Now, let me explain this a little bit deeper. So let's say that you're really good at business, and you have increased your wisdom in business, but again, if you're honest, you're not that great with personal relationships, and you could decrease your foolishness in personal relationships. Or let's turn it around. Let's say that you're great with personal relationships, but if you're honest, you've made some really bad decisions in business. You've gotten some bad partnerships. You've, you've, you've continued to say and do the same things in business. Or, or let's, let's just wouldn't eat junk, but on the other hand, you've not worked on your emotional health. Physical health, you psychologically as you were five years ago or ten years ago. And even though you don't eat junk, you're just the same junk emotionally and mentally to come into your heart and into your mind. Are you tracking with me? You allow gotten skill with maybe money management, but you're not good with time management. Or maybe you're great, but you've, got, but you've not gotten any better with money management. And here's what happens. Here's the whole point of that conversation. The time management patient. Because you've gotten really good at something, you tend to, here's my observation, what you're not as good at. Because you've gotten really good at money management or time management or personal relationships or physical health, you've decided that because I'm really good over management or business, I'm not going to try to get good over here. So I never really decrease my foolishness. I'm increasing my wisdom. I'm getting better with I'm getting better with business. I'm getting better with money management. I'm getting better with, but I'm not really getting better relationship. Things in my life that I've never really stopped to think about. And so here's what we do: you do better with the priests in wisdom and get better and better and better in the areas that you like and you prefer. You will increase, but decreasing your foolishness will move, the, move you from mile marker and move the needle further than you could ever dream or imagine. So here's what I want to do. I want to show you from Proverbs how you can increase your wisdom today, but oh my, how you can decrease your foolishness. Would that be worth coming to church for? I hope so, all right? So let's start with foolishness. What does foolishness do? It tends to be one. Nobody drifts north. Everybody drifts south. Nobody overcame foolishness by just drifting. You only go forward. You only go ever by struggling 
and working and trying. So, first of all, nor tempts everyone. Foolishness rejects discipline. It's the food of death, Proverbs says. It's all foolishness, temptations that result in bitterness. Now, listen to this. You talk to people who are bitter and produce foolish decisions. You don't talk to people who are happy, who are continuing to make foolish They've made decisions. People who are bitter, that have made foolish decisions, are talking about how they're a victim. And it was their fault, and it was a decision. And I didn't, I didn't show up on time, but, but still, it was their fault. And so what happens is, it's everybody else's their fault. And so be, because of this, I'm now bitter when really I have increased in my fault, and I have decreased in my wisdom. Why is this important? Because when you increase in your wisdom and you decrease in your foolishness, it gives you a platform. It gives you you the opportunity to share your faith, to invite people to church, to invite people to Christ, and people will hear from wise people. Nobody wants to listen to foolish people. People want to hear fails God ultimately. It's like why would we do this when we've got the Holy Spirit endlessness that's revealing truth to us? Now, here's wisdom. What does wisdom do for you? Well, wisdom does out to everyone. In just a minute, we're going to see from the book of Proverbs that wisdom is everywhere. Calls it is everywhere around us. You have to look for it. You have to mine for it. You have to call for it. But wisdom is everywhere. And you're going, I'm not sure I agree with that. Okay, that's cool. Search. Wisdom brings security. Wisdom brings life. Wisdom reveals evil so we can avoid evil and avoid evil people. And there are evil people in this culture. And there are evil people around you. Uh, uh, wisdom clarifies what is right in God's eye. People around. That's really exciting, doesn't it? And wisdom yields happiness. And all of us in this room, we want to be happy. Foolishness yields misery. Uh, it feeds our souls. All right, so happy. Let's look at some scripture verses that talk about this. This is Proverbs chapter 3. All this is on your app. Open up your app. Let's, all this is listed for you. We'll fill in the blanks here in just a couple of minutes. But if you would, turn to your apps and we'll get there. App. Blessed are those, this is chapter 3. Blessed are those who find wisdom, which means it's available. You can't blessing it. Those who gain understanding, for she is more profitable than silver and yields better returns than gold. And find really believe that we would be pursuing wisdom. But I'll be honest with you, most of my life, if we haven't believed that, most of my life I haven't really agreed with this. But if we believe it, then we would actually be pursuing it. She is more precious than rubies, and nothing but you do believe her can what? Can compare with her. Okay. Long life is in her right hand. Desire. In her left hand are riches and honor. So wisdom brings you long life. Wisdom b- brings you riches. Wisdom brings you honor. Which would mean that foolishness then is what? It's the antithesis. To and wisdom. foolishness then actually shortens your life. Foolishness then reduces your riches. All that. Foolishness then reduces your honor. Her ways are pleasant ways and all her paths are peace. Again, and would it be worth it in your life to have more peace, to increase your wisdom, and to deepen your foolishness? She is a tree of life. We started off with a tree of life in the garden, didn't we? To start increase tree of life in the book of Genesis, and we end with the tree of life in the book of Revelation. She is a tree of life for those who talk with the tree of her. 
Those who take hold of her will fast will be blessed. By wisdom, the Lord laid the earth's foundations. By undertake hold, he set the heavens in place. Okay. Let's talk about, first of all, what wisdom is not. Understanding wisdom is not. Wisdom is not a position. We all know business leaders what wisdom, who are foolish. We all know pastors who are foolish. We all know people who have a position in life. But having a position does not make you what? All people make you wise. Now, you're a mother. That's a position. You're a father. That's a position. You're a grandfather. You're a grandmother. Those are all positions. But, but it doesn't make you wise. Positions you hold the position. Wisdom is not a position. And wisdom is not intelligence. There are just many foolish PhDs. Okay? There are many great PhDs. There are, there are many great college professors. There are many great people who write books. But there are a lot of foolish college professors. Many, and there are a lot of foolish people who write books. Wisdom is not position. Wisdom is not a nurse. And wisdom is not talent. It is not talent. Look at the pro athletes. Look at actors. Look at actresses, intelligence, musicians. Look at all these people who have incredible talent. Wisdom is not talent. Look at, we're watching this go on right now in the NFL. I'm going to address this for 30 seconds. I'm going to on because I'm knotted up about this. All right. I am 100% move on against all the isms. I'm against racism. I'm against, we are, as a church, we're against racism. We're against sexism. We're against ageism. We're against every ism you could probably imagine. But do not disrespect my flag. Do not dishonor my flag. Probably, do not. And we have watched, and we have watched some really foolish statements come out. Now, I'm going to defend the NFL. On the other hand, they didn't see it coming. They, they didn't know what to do. They got caught off guard with this. Now, I do believe the NFL will increase in wisdom and will decrease in foolishness. That's all I'm going to say. All right. <laughs> now, what differentiates a wise person from a foolish person? That's a really good question. Because all the people in your life have some wisdom, probably, but all the people in their life also have some pockets or some areas of their life where, where they're foolish. Again, let me come back to this. People, and you're really good with business, but you're not good with personal relationships. Or maybe you're really good with personal relationships, but you're not good with business. Maybe you're even in personal relationships. Maybe you're really good at marriage, but you're not good at parenting. Or maybe you're really good at parenting, but you're not with your marriage. And so you, you stop and you think about this. How do I become wiser? How do I go to increase my wisdom? And how do I decrease my foolishness? I, what differentiates? Well, here's what Proverbs says. Quite interesting. Proverbs has the answer to this. Proverbs, what differentiates a wise person from a foolish person is how he or she receives instruction and correction. Proverbs says, well, so Proverbs would say, when the significant people around you continue to tell you same thing over and over and over and over and over again. Now, not the village idiot, not the critic, not the person who's the same like, not the person who's always, you know, out to get you. I'm talking about the three or four people close you don't like you. If the two or three people around you continue to tell you the same thing, hey, honey, to you. I, 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 you need to work on how you communicate to our son. You need to work on how you communicate to our daughter. 
hey, hey, dear, I, I, I think you missed this with our parents. Can we? I mean, when the people around you start talking to you, how do you respond? Foolish people buck up. Foolish people are filled with arrogance. Foolish people go, not me. I'm wise over here. People, I'm good over here. But wise people go, okay. Here, talk to. Don't see it. Maybe it's a blind spot. Keep talking. I, I don't see that, but. You know, wife, son, don't me. I don't. It was great. A couple of years ago, both my daughters sat me down and talked about my schedule. Son, daughter, both my girls sat me down and said, Dad, we want to talk to you about your schedule. You're doing way too much here, here. We'd like to talk to you about that. Now, they weren't out to get me. Those are my daughters. Here, those are people that I cherish. They have some of my DNA, my chromosomes. My point is, how do you respond when there is instruction and correction, that will determine whether you were wise. Whether you were wise. Okay. Now, this is what's really cool to me. And I missed this for years, all foolish. And what Proverbs chapter 1, verse 20 says, wisdom is everywhere. It's the word ubiquitous. Also, everywhere. Out in the open, wisdom calls aloud. She raises her voice in the public square. It's in other words, there are people in the public who have a message of wisdom. Not, not the masses, the crowds, but there are people in the crowds, there are people in the masses, there are people that have some not say. And, and what Proverbs is saying is, if you'll look for it, wisdom is everywhere. Something to see. Wisdom is in, it's open. Out in the open, wisdom calls aloud. She raises her voice in the public square. On top of the wall, she cries out. In other words, in those cities, at the state, she makes her speech. There's somebody in your life giving you a message of truth. There might be city getting different people who are giving you a foolish message. There might be 20 people around you, but somebody has might be from God. Somebody has a message from God, and who will you listen to? Great, great. There's a word there. For how long will you love your simple ways? In other words, how long will you continue to increase in your foolishness? And how long will mockers delight in mockery and fools hate knowledge? Repent of my rebellion. Then I will pour out my thoughts to you and I will make known to you my teachings. I love this. Lord, maybe I'm not seeing this clearly. Lord, maybe I'm not hearing clearly on something. I need to catch your vision. And God says, if you do that, I will pour out my need to you, and I will make known to you my teachings. Now, if you don't do that, here's what's going to happen. Thoughts to, and this is poetry, and this is kind of brash coming from God, but we have to realize this is his poetry, and he's talking to us in a poetic fashion. But since you refuse to listen when I call, realize this, and no one pays attention when I stretched out my hand, since you disregard all my advice and do not accept my rebuke, I will turn. I, I in turn will laugh when disaster strikes you. I will mock when calamity overtakes you. When calamity overtakes you like a storm, when disaster strikes over the whirlwind, when distress and trouble overwhelm you, then they will call to me. But but see, you like I'm not there. They will look for wisdom, but foolishness has overtaken them. They will not find me. Since they hated knowledge and they did not choose to fear the Lord. Since they would not accept my advice and turn my rebuke. They will eat the fruit of their ways and they will be filled with the fruit 
You know what Proverbs chapter 9, verse 8 says? This is a proverb that I think about every single day in my professional life. Okay? Proverbs 9, verse 8 says, every, Do not rebuke a fool, for he will hate you. Rebuke a wise person, and he will be wiser still. I think about that a lot. Wise, don't rebuke a fool. Why would you rebuke a fool? They're not going to listen. And second of all, they're going to what? Proverbs says, hate you. It says, do not rebuke a fool, for they will hate you. But you rebuke a wise man or a wise woman, and they will be wiser still. I think about why, how powerful that is. And I don't want to be the fool. I want to listen. You don't really want that. The fool. You want to decrease your foolishness, and you want to increase your wisdom. You want to be the well, what is wisdom? I think wisdom is seeing life okay, with rare objectivity and then handling life with rare stability. There's always going to be hurricanes with rare. There's always going to be storms. There's always going to be medical issues. There's always going to be financial challenges. There's always going to be relational issues. Those will not go away. You can't have enough money. You can't have enough or You can't have enough position. You're always going to have challenges all the days of your life. Right? Power. But wisdom is I can see life with rare objectivity. And then I'm able to handle life with some rare stability. My son, if you accept my words and you store my commands within you, turn in your ear to wisdom, hand your heart to understanding. Indeed, if you call out for insight and you cry aloud for understanding, and if you look for it for silver and applying it for hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and you will find the knowledge of God. So you search for what I need to do. And there's some suggestions. If you want to, again, type these in on your phone, that's great. They're all on there. Here's what I You can find all these tomorrow morning as well. I need to, according to those verses, Proverbs app 2, verse 5, I need to accept your words. What do I need to do? I need chapter 2 up your commands. There's like 77 different commands in the book of Proverbs alone. So I, I need to start pursuing this. I, I'm going to accept God's word. Now, isn't it easy to accept the word of God? I'm polite. And isn't it hard to embrace the God that you, God that you don't like? So what, what do you do, again, with the word of God that you don't really like? The word of God. The wise people go, I don't like this, but this is good for me and good for my, and good for my community, so I'm going to have the discipline and walk in it. Foolish people go, I don't like it. Good for do what a family do right? So I need to store up your commands. What, what, is he, what does he tell me to do? I want to do. What does he tell me to be? I, I need to turn my ears to wisdom. I, I've got a bunch of guys in my What is life? I've got guys in Indiana. I've got guys in Tennessee. I've got several guys here my life in our area. And it's great to listen. It's great to have prayer. We pray for each other every month. And a group of guys that I'm prayed for, prayed over, you turn your ears to wisdom. You apply heart to understanding. You call out for insight. Lord, you, I buy your know what to do. The marriage is tough. The child ran away. Don't my business partner doesn't seem to be honest. I don't know what to do. Tell me what to do. Um, and God promises then that if we humble ourselves. 
He will raise us up and give us new knowledge and great information and great, great uh, in, in, intellect for these things. Give great knowledge. Cry aloud for understanding. When's the last time you've gotten on your knees? When you're on your you're on your bed, you're leaning over your bed, and you're just crying aloud. I need, I need understanding. I need to know. I so I need to know. Help me, help me, help me. I need to know. You look for it as for silver. No, I need to know. In other words, you're mining for it. You're pursuing it as you would for resources. You search for it as you for hidden treasure. He says, then you'll understand the fear of the Lord. You would find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom. Now this is your this is your perk, and you will. This is what you want. This gives you long life. This gives you riches. This gives you honor. This gives you peace. For the Lord gives wisdom, and from His mouth come knowledge and understanding. Oh, that's cool. He holds success in store for the upright. He is a shield to those whose walk is blameless. I want this, don't you? Every day of my life, I want him to be a shield for me, for my wife, man, I want son-in-law, for my to-be son-in-law, for my daughters, for my son, for my wife, for my family. He is a shield for my son, for he guards the course of the just, and he protects the way of, the faithful, of his faithful ones. You will understand what is right and just and fair, every good path. I bet, then you'll, you're on a lot of good paths in this room, or you probably wouldn't be at church this morning at the 8.30 service. Thank you for being here. Have I mentioned that before? Thank you for being at the early service. You're here. But I also bet that there's some areas over here where you could decrease your foolishness. Your work ethic, you talk too much, you don't talk enough, you say inappropriate things, you do some inappropriate things, you ignore some health issues. I bet there's some areas over here where you could decrease your foolishness. Are you thinking about that? Kind of figured that out so far? For wisdom will enter your heart, and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. And this just brings you that warm peace when you pursue this. Discretion will protect you, and understanding will guard you. Yeah, that's what you want right there, isn't it? So I want you to look at this list. And I want you to kind of walk through this list and figure out where you want and need to go. If you had to choose one of those things that would increase your wisdom, which of those would it be? And, and, and which of those would decrease some foolishness in your life? As you're thinking about that, I'm going to have you stand up in just a minute because I'm going to ask you to pick one. Just pick one. And you're going, preacher, I need them all. I get that. I do too. I'm with you. Pick one. And, And this is why we follow Christ. This is why Jesus is our hero. This is why we we pour out to Jesus. Because we look at how Jesus lived. We look at how he laughed. We look at how he led. We look at how he taught. We look at how he prayed. We look at how he suffered. We look at how he was all in. We look to Christ. And as we look to Christ, we see the wisdom of God. Now, again, all those men in my inner circle and my wife, my wife's the wisest woman that you will ever meet. 
But they all get it from the same thing called the Word of God. Every one of these men and my wife who are around me, they all get their wisdom from the Scriptures. And then the Holy Spirit takes the Scriptures and He plants those things within your heart. And so we follow Jesus. The wisest thing you can ever do is follow Jesus Christ. The wisest thing you can ever do is give your life to Christ. The wisest thing you could ever do is say, I'm going to surrender, I'm going to submit, I'm going to allow Jesus to come into my heart, cleanse me of all my unrighteousness, I'm going to let Jesus Christ lead my life. The wisest thing you can do this afternoon, if you're a middle school or a high school or a young adult, is come to the collective. Have you got a better place to be than with other brothers and sisters in Christ who are trying to accomplish the same thing? If you've never been baptized, the wisest thing for you to do next Sunday afternoon at Honeyman Island Beach is to go be baptized and identify with the greatest event in all of history, which was Jesus' death, his burial, and his resurrection. I'm going to ask you to kindly stand when you figure out which of these you're going to focus on and work on this next week. Because this will increase your what? Your wisdom. And this will decrease your your foolishness. So when you've got that, would you stand and I'll close this in prayer. Oh God, we come to you and we come before you because you are all wisdom and how you loved and lived and led and did this on this earth for those 33 years, we're in awe. You're you're our hero. Let us accept your words. Let us store up your commands. Let us turn our ears to wisdom. Let us apply our heart to understanding. Let us call out for insight. Let us cry aloud for understanding. Let us look for it as for silver and search for it as for hidden treasure. There is so much at stake. Look for us to decrease our foolishness. And there's so much at stake for us to increase our wisdom. To your glory and to your honor we pray. In the name of Jesus. Amen. God bless you. God bless you.